0: Welcome to the call time podcast, a resource of the call time mental health campaign, reducing stigma and providing resources for members of the motion picture and entertainment sector. I'm your host, Greg Taylor. In today's episode, we'll be addressing the challenges of the holiday season and holiday stress, which can be filled, of course, holidays with joy, community, family, but also can come with a lot of emotional and personal stresses. And so to help us talk about this and think through these challenges, we're joined by our special guest today, Alison Crawford. Uh, She's a psychiatrist with CAMH, the Centre for Addiction and Mental Health, which is Canada's largest mental health teaching hospital and one of the world's leading research centres into issues related to addiction and mental health. Alison's also the Chief Medical Officer of the new Canada-wide 988 Suicide Crisis Hotline. So welcome, Allison. So glad to have you with us today.
1: Hi, Greg. It's really great to be here with you.
0: Yeah. So can you tell us a little bit, maybe just starting off about yourself, just your work in this area of addiction and mental health and your organization, just to give us kind of an introduction to your world?
1: Yes, yeah, so um, mental health is a real passion of mine, especially understanding how mental health affects the public broadly um, and, and different uh, across different groups of people. And I do a number of things. I, I lead, I'm the chief medical officer for 988 Suicide Crisis Helpline, which is a, a new three-digit suicide prevention line in Canada. And I also, for many years, have worked in the north, so northern Ontario and Nunavut and and organized psychiatry uh, services there, and I think the third thing, and one I'm is very relevant to this, and I'm very uh, excited about always, is uh, the role of the arts in medicine and healthcare. That's a lot.
0: <laughs> yeah, that is a lot. That's great. And, uh, a lot of
1: different areas.
0: <laughs> and then, of course, we all come, myself included, yourself included, with family and personal life and the meaning of holidays and people we may have lost close to the holidays and the expectations of the holidays that we may or may not be up for in a particular year and so that's why today's topic and uh you know we can start maybe talking more broadly about just the the types of stresses that can kind of hit us as we hit the holiday season. So from your experience, both as a professional and as a person, what do you see as some of the key things that people end up dealing with?
1: Well, I'm glad you brought the personal into it because it's true. And as a psychiatrist, we're so used to really separating our personal life from our work life and from, you know, our interactions with clients and patients. But there's something about the holidays where things become more porous. And um, I know as my I have two kids, a thir- uh, 13 and 14 year old sons, and um, as they've grown, my experience of the holidays has definitely uh, changed. And uh, I think we can all find ourselves pulled in, in many directions. Uh, over the holidays, although I I am very fortunate um, in in my own life. But uh, where to start? There's something about the holidays that almost concentrates uh, stress and makes us aware of, you know, we have a lot of ideas about how things are supposed to be over the holidays. And if things don't quite go as we expect or we don't feel quite up to, uh, almost our own, image of how the holidays should be that alone causes stress and makes us more aware of our, of our own stress and judge ourselves. And so there, there is a lot of pressure for things to be a certain way, uh, over the holidays. And I, I feel that too often.
0: <laughs> yeah. And of course, uh, you know, that's the same for everybody, but in the film industry, um, you know, that's in a particular issue. Um, a lot of times this is a break for people from work, but of course we had a very unique year this year with the labor issues and the and the strikes that created a big gap in the work. So, um, you know, it's thrown people off their regular family cycle, their normal schedules, and also it's been a big financial hit for many people.
1: Absolutely. And all of those things, like you can't separate those out from your experience of the holidays or or anything else. And it made me think of that metaphor that we, many of us used starting uh, during COVID of, yes, we're all in the same, you know, floating in the same sea, but we all have different boats. And if your boat doesn't feel secure or you're, you know, struggling with basic issues, like um, having work, having enough money to do what you, you think you need to do, that, that creates even more stress for people.
0: Yeah. So, you know, just thinking about some of the we can just dive into some of the top tips that uh, people can think about in terms of how to handle the holiday stress. What would be some of the key areas that people could consider for managing this time of year?
1: Well, I think the biggest one is to have an awareness of the role that stress can play and um, to kind of acknowledge that amongst ourselves. To, I think that validation, sharing experience, um, and also recognizing it in ourselves uh, is is the most important first start. Knowing, breaking down some of those um, assumptions that we have. You know, I think knowing that people who listen to this podcast are involved in the film industry, I, I think of different films and the way, the magical way that the holidays are often portrayed. And yet we all gravitate to those holiday movies where everything goes wrong. You know, the, the turkey burns. Like, there's, there's always this tension of things not being quite the way they're supposed to go. And I, I think people love those, those movies because they recognize that in themselves. Things are not going the way they think they're supposed to go. And so recognizing that uh, is number one. Having some compassion for oneself and for each other that you know we're all trying our best we all would love that um it's a wonderful life for like the, the 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 idyllic holiday uh setting um but for most of us that's not attainable um so that awareness and i would say what are the flags in yourself if you are under stress how do you normally experience those things, being aware. You know, for some people, they just want to sleep all the time. Some people can't sleep. For other people, they eat all the time. Other people can't eat. You know, as as two very concrete examples, just know, get to know yourself and and what are the signs that you're under a lot of stress.
0: Yeah, that's great. I love that perspective because uh, it's also that locus of control, right? What uh, the idea of what Do we have influence and control over and what do we not and what we don't have control over that we wish we did is everyone else and how they are and how they're behaving and the choices they're making Um, but really in the end we only the only place we have some direct influence is on our own selves and how we're perceiving things feeling about things the behaviors we choose to demonstrate and the choices we make and so it does give us a sense a calming sense, at least when I take a moment and realize, right, I have to take a deep breath and that a lot of my stress is trying to control the circumstances when really, if I take a deep breath and think about it, I can just come back to myself and what I choose to do in the moment.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And to rest there for a moment in, in that moment. And as you say, check in with yourself, see what your body's doing and just take a moment to ask yourself what's, what's happening for me right now, rather than measuring it against some ideal some ideal holiday goer.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, a lot of times we project our own expectations onto other people too, right? We don't want to let people down, maybe kids about the gift or the parents about us being there for that big dinner or us contributing to the dinner if we normally do that. And that's that may be just our own expectations that, and what we think other people expect. Whereas if we just said, hey, <laughs> we're having a challenging year, you know, can we reduce the commitment or change the time? Or I may not be able to contribute as much. Is that okay for this year? Or can we do something alternate, right, that's lower cost or whatever it might be that people are probably more receptive than we expect they'll be.
1: And you know what? That I, I'm. That's such a good example. And one that came up in my own life today. One of my family members, we have a group family chat, and one family member said, what are we doing about gifts? Because I just can't handle it this year. I just, I can't handle the time, the stress, the money. Um, and everyone on the chat in, immediately popped in and said, oh gosh, it's not the gifts. Like, yeah, let's not, let's all not do gifts. Um, so I I think that permission, in in a way, in at least in my case, that made everybody closer. Hmm. Everybody, you know, immediately stepped in. And we, we do have to recognize for people listening, that might not always be the case. Sometimes people in our lives can be very harsh. You know, you, you might be in a family where you say that and the family says, like, what's wrong with you? You never have it together. And, you know, that that can be very hard. But in many cases... Being human, being vulnerable can can bring us uh, closer together. And find the people who you can be vulnerable and, and human with.
0: Right, exactly. And sometimes it's okay if our first focus is on caring for ourselves. Yes. Because we tend to not do that. Yes. Yeah making it about what, how can I be healthy? Because it's only when we're healthy that we can be healthy in those situations, in those family gatherings, at those family meals, is if we have enough centeredness within ourselves.
1: (laughs) Yes, it's it's true. I was trying to think of what's the film equivalent of the metaphor of like, put your own oxygen mask on first in the plane. Because then otherwise, Mm -hmm. if you're not well or solid, you can't help. The person beside you. And I can't actually think of a, an equivalent, but but everyone can can imagine that. Yeah.
0: What are some things that we could do for self-care, too? I'm thinking about, you know, the season of it's the season of eating. <laughs> and yes. candy and yes. sugar and and uh, sometimes social events and pressures with uh, and andor expectations around alcohol and you know, all of those things. Do you have any kind of thoughts on those?
1: The, those are really all at the top of my list. So I have a little acronym that I use Great. that kind of helps me keep those in mind. And uh, the first one, so it's SEASONS. And the first one is stress. So recognizing it, we've we've talked a bit about that already. Um, and then the next one, the E, is eating and exercise. So we know when, like I'm a cookie eater when I'm stressed. So the holidays, it's, it's a terrible combination. Um, recognize what you do with food uh, when you're stressed, because overeating can add to fatigue. Whereas exercise, um, and we all know this, we all know, most people know the evidence that exercise is a huge mood booster, and yet, you know, we don't move often enough. Um, Looking at alcohol, so alcohol in any amount, and I know everyone loves a good, you know, eggnog or a good scotch or whatever is your favorite, champagne, um, drink, and, and the amount of alcohol we use can easily accumulate over the holidays very quickly. And that has a real negative impact on both sleep and mood. Um, They're they're very, very linked. And again, even a small amount of alcohol. Um, So that's something that you can do for your own mood. So finding, that's a way to celebrate. You know, we want to raise a glass, but actually protecting yourself, protecting your sleep and your mood by sipping, drinking less, drinking not at all, uh, ideally. Um, And then sleep I mean, it's come up in the other categories, but sleep is so key. It's one of the best things that we can do to keep our own uh, to to deal with stress. It really helps lower cortisol, Helps helps us regulate, um, and to keep the same schedule. The other thing we almost all of us do over the holidays is we start staying up really late and getting up really late, and our bodies are very confused. Um, so as much as possible to, uh, to keep the same schedule, that's a good kind of buffer for stress. Um, so what are we at? We're at S and then O, um, is maybe a little more awkward, but owning your own feelings. So Uh we know we, we, many of us have heard of the holiday blues, but we don't really expect to feel it. We, we don't want to be the Grinch. We don't want to be down. Um, but you know that, again, having that compassion, the first step in managing your emotions, as you know, is, is recognizing them. You can't do anything about them if you can't even acknowledge Um, how you feel. And then your end season, N is needs. Recognize what you need and that it's okay to meet your needs as well as meeting the needs um, of others. Mm -hmm. And finally, and probably most importantly, uh, support that um, a lot of people, especially if they feel down or they have the holiday blues, they don't want to be with other people. But all kinds of evidence shows that even small amounts of social contact are so important um, to our mood and our feeling of being connected. um, So reaching out when you can. If you do feel good, great this holiday, recognizing how important it is to reach out to others. Yeah.
0: We'll make sure to, uh, you provided us with a graphic for that just now. So that's great. We'll add it to the show notes and uh, to the blog post on the Call Time Mental Health com uh, as well um and yeah I, I think you know with that owning our feelings and our needs i think a lot of the idea of grief right and grief can come from you know the passing of somebody important but it can also be the loss of a tradition that can be being away from people you used to be with owning our feelings can be acknowledging the hard ones like you said and uh, realizing that uh, it's okay to feel them. And again, not isolate, but just to be aware of them. Um, You know, what's your experience with people kind of through a generalized grief that isn't always so pinpointable?
1: Well, just that holidays can often highlight that even if there's not a direct correlation to your own specific loss. And and this is another one that really resonates with me. I lost my brother just after last Christmas. And um, so as I'm approaching Christmas now, I'm thinking, oh, I'm, I'm almost bracing for it. You know, I want to remember him, but and I will, and I do I love him still very dearly. But there's always that worry about bringing it in too close when you you know that it's going to hurt, and we miss people, especially on the holidays, because so many memories are associated with the holidays, and um, so it really can be a time of great poignancy for people. And um, and also, I don't, I don't want to be negative, but it can be a time of great judgment by other people like, oh, why are you Why are you feeling that right now? Why are you worried about that now? Please don't wreck the holidays. Can't you just give me one day where you're smiling? You know, we, we, we put a lot of our own wishes onto other people, and that doesn't leave a lot of space for grief sometimes.
0: Mm, yeah, thank you for that, because we can all be mindful of that as well, because uh, as we go through these, we can be thinking about our own selves, but also the people around us, right? And so, when people aren't meeting our expectations of trying to make the season bright, right? We can be mindful of some of these same things for the people around us and say, yeah, right. What might be resonating right now for them uh, that we're not seeing on the surface, but might be kind of hitting them on another level as well. Yeah. Now, you know, we've talked about some tips and ideas for kind of staying well and talking about the food and limiting alcohol and all of that. But, you know, there are also times when you know, people can end up feeling overwhelmed. Uh, that may be people in our families around us that we see, and it could be us that, you know, just the combination of the year we've had and the season and all of these things, you know, what are some things people can do kind of on level one, which is just the overwhelmed level, and then we can maybe move into talking about level two, which would be really feeling somewhat scared by our feelings and or in crisis.
1: Mm-hmm. Or and, and worried about someone else is, is often the case. Well, there was something kind of uh, echoing in the back of my mind um, throughout our conversation because, and maybe especially as I was reading off this acronym, sometimes like tips for the holidays can come across, they can be helpful. Like those are very real evidence-based things, but it can seem a bit trite, you know, right. sleep and take a bath. And, uh-huh. um especially in this context, you know, among the film industry when people are – it's not just individual level things that people are dealing with. It's not just like, oh, I'm stressed or, oh, I have – it's um, more structural than that. And the structures around people need to improve too. People need to have – you know, a sense of certainty, more certainty in their lives, security, financial security. Um, they need resolution of uncertainty. And I know the film industry itself, that there are efforts being made to recognize the role of mental health. So I don't want people to listen and think, oh, I just need to get stronger and do these little tips. There, I think we also have to recognize that these social and structural issues um, are, are also partly what's really impacting people.
0: Yes, thank you for acknowledging that. That's true. And, you know, people who would have, you know, lots of people are going off to their Christmas work parties, right? But, you know, in, in the current circumstances, people have, who work on various projects and now don't even have a project team they're associated with, they're going to feel that gap of the normal community or connection they would have with a work team.
1: Oh, that I hadn't thought of that angle. And I think that is a particular, um, I don't want to say risk, but although it is a risk for people's mood and so on, but it's, um, there's a loss there. And it's also loss of something that's very strengthening and protective. um, That's our social connection is so much about what uh, allows us to be well in every respect
0: just a good reminder that people should be could recreate those because there probably are people they've worked with in the sector on a number of films over time that, uh, you know, people could still reach out to each other and say, Hey, do you want to get together or have a lunch or something like that? So something they could do, but, but that doesn't always help all of what we're about to get to, which was me leading to that second level, which is when people really suddenly find themselves or people around them in crisis.
1: Yes. And, you know, that is something knowing, you know, we started talking about stress and recognizing, acknowledging it. And I think there are red flags where stress that's manageable through some of these tips and strategies, it's no longer just stress. It's a crisis. And to me, that's, you know, if someone is really struggling with depressed mood that is so severe that they can't get out of bed or even have thoughts that they don't want to go on, they don't want to live anymore, thoughts of suicide in particular. Those are real red flags that suggest people need more help. And we could add other things to that list, like substance use that's really gotten out of hand um, or causing a lot of negative impacts. Um, And so when those things are happening, in particular um, thoughts of suicide, the resource that comes to mind, of course, our new national resource, which is the 988-988. Suicide Crisis Helpline, which is available by phone and text, twenty four seven, in English and French, from anywhere in Canada. And I hope, well, I hope anyone who is feeling alone or is in that state of crisis would feel they could call or text. And and if you're worried about someone else, so that is that is definitely uh, one resource, especially in a. Uh, with someone struggling with suicidal thoughts. And then other ideas are, you know, reaching out to someone close to you and at least acknowledging how you're feeling or ask. Often we're afraid to ask, you know, if if I see someone struggling in my life, I like to reach out and say, how are you? I'm, I'm really worried about you. Um, and to not be afraid to do that. Um family doctors, the trouble is many people don't have family doctors or they're, they're not available over the holidays. Um, but certainly if that's a trusted resource, that's a, some, somewhere else. And, and of course, local emergency departments don't th- these services are there for us. Don't be afraid to go there or, or to reach out to emergency medical services as well if something more acute is happening
0: yeah thank you for you know bringing this topic up and uh you know and just the issue of suicide and being able to talk about it because it continues to be an area where we need to reduce the stigma and for to normalize the ability to say the word and acknowledge that you know that some that somebody can say i acknowledge that i've had suicidal thoughts all right and uh um, or a history with suicide or suicide attempts. Uh, you know, for be, people to be able to hear us even talk about it and normalize it, to say that it is more common than we imagine because we usually keep those things to ourselves so it doesn't come up in regular conversation. But with your role, I imagine that you're fairly familiar with the with the need. Would you be able to share a little bit about just the the, the, the need and the purpose between 988 and the accessibility of it and, and just some information about... You know what the what the some of the stats are, what the uh, what the needs are of people calling in.
1: Yeah, so I mean, suicide is a, a public health crisis um, in Canada and, and many other countries. Forty five hundred people die by suicide each year in Canada, um, which is a much higher number than most people are aware of. That's twelve people per day, and there are some contexts. I, I'm glad you brought up how common it is to think about suicide. And so the, the good news there is that many, many more people think of suicide than actually um, end their life or make an attempt to end their life. But it can be very scary. People can feel very alienated from others if they are struggling with those thoughts and feel that they can't reach out. And then, of course, that that becomes a, a real risk. Um, and, and again, just to bring up the film industry, there's lots of documentation that there are higher rates of depression there are higher rates of suicidal ideation or thoughts and actions behaviors uh, within the industry. So it is something to be aware of and um, to to work to decrease the stigma around reaching out.
0: Thank you for that and uh, and I'm, I'm wondering you know if somebody's feeling poorly and uh, feeling down, perhaps having some, you know, reminders or shadows of those suicidal thoughts coming back to their mind. You know, people might hesitate calling a number because they feel like, "Well, I'm not about to do it this moment." But you know that the feeling is building. Is is it still suitable for people to call out the, to the line at that stage?
1: Absolutely, and it's also suitable for people to call or text back. Um, you know, if they if they have an ongoing uh, need, it's not something where you have to wait until an absolute imminent crisis. I, I think it can be helpful at various stages.
0: Right. So pretty much people who are just feeling overwhelmed and uncertain about themselves, feeling a bit shaky about how they're doing personally, could call in and, and then they can get a bit of an assessment and a bit of a support call uh, to help kind of talk it through where they're at and the level of risk that they're at at that time, I imagine.
1: Yes. I mean, we, the phrase we use is there's no wrong door, you know, Any every call or text will be responded to. And even though it is a suicide prevention service, but you're right. Often people are, this is building up for people or, um, you know, they've been struggling in silence for a long time. So there's, there's never a, a wrong reason to call.
0: Yeah. So, you know, I think it's great uh, for us to be able to promote the new number because, you know, there are other there have been over history, you know, crisis line numbers, we've promoted them through calltimementalhealth.com and our resources. But this new initiative to have this one three digit number for the whole country to text or call is pretty amazing. And it really simplifies it for our own selves to know where we can get help. Uh, But also if we're supporting somebody in our amongst our friends or family to know that one short number to to call. I imagine that's been an initiative that's been in the works for some time.
1: It it has, and uh, just to highlight something that you said, because I'm not sure I highlighted it. Absolutely, if you're worried about someone else, the responders will also um, help help you give you support to manage that. It doesn't have to be just about yourself. Um, and our responders, I do want to say a word about them because uh, so. This has been in the, in the works for a number of years. And the service uh, just prior to the launch of 988, which was on November the 30th, was called Talk Suicide Canada. And uh, we had about 11 partners involved in that across the country. And we now have almost 40 partners. So it is a, it's a network of services. And every province and territory is involved in it. And that means that people can get support close to home. Uh, so it's it's really uh, we aim to really connect people and those responders that will answer calls and texts they're trained um, and, trained in suicide prevention and really very committed to their communities they they really want to be there uh, for people
0: yeah that's amazing and that that's a really good point that there are crisis line centers that have been doing the good work, but now are all coordinated through the one number. So uh, the benefit of that is that you have an easy number to remember. And then also that the people you speak to will most likely be within your region. And that means they can support you, but also point you to resources in your local community as well as a follow-up.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: Well, this has been really helpful. I mean, I appreciate uh, you sharing from your experience as uh, a men- person working in mental health and supporting communities and uh, um, you know and your acronym of seasons that really helps us kind of kind of put into a framework something that we can remember on if we're having a, a low day uh, or as we look to kind of build our resilience towards the the coming holiday season i think it's uh, really helpful um, so any kind of just last thoughts uh, for you for uh, this thought of the season
1: just that I hope anyone who is listening doesn't, uh, they don't need to feel alone. There are supports out there and that they're worthy of support and help and connection. And uh, so 988 is one resource, but I think they would probably find that in their communities as well. Even even if you think it's not there for you. And one thing that comes to mind are the, some of the services around the city, which are like, uh, I forget, sometimes the holiday blues Um, Mm -hmm. services, some religious, some non-religious, where it's recognized. There there are groups of people where you can gather where there's recognition that maybe people aren't in in the festive frame of mind, but just to be around other people. Reach out. I think that's my, you're deserving of support. So reach out.
0: Mm, Wonderful. Thank you. That's a great note to leave on, encouraging people to connect with the community and the people around them. Um, uh, Again, thank you for sharing more about that important resource, the 988 number. And of course, uh, Time Mental Health, which this podcast is a part of, has our website. Uh, We'll be posting a blog post and some other related resources, um, and we'll be posting a link within that blog post to the special page that we've created on holiday stress. Uh, providing uh, a downloadable pdf and or the, it's all online there with other tips um, and strategies for being able to manage uh, this time of year so i encourage people to visit our website calltimementalhealth.com and of course uh, today's show i thank you so much to Allison crawford uh, thank you again for joining us and uh, this podcast is really made possible by uh, the six unions in British Columbia supporting motion picture workers. And those unions are IATSE 891, DGCBC, Teamsters 155, UBCP ACTRA, ICG 669, and ACFC West Local 2020 Unifor. And it is with the volunteer time and commitment of teams, people from those agencies, as well as their financial commitment that's made this podcast, this last six episodes, and also the Call Time Mental Health Campaign and Resource Possible. Again, thank you for today.
1: (laughs) Thank you so much. We
0: Look forward to everybody joining us again next time as we enter a new season of the podcast next year.